You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's back in 2004, 2005. Kansas City's now won four Super Bowl titles overall, tied with the Packers and Giants for third most all time. It's their third Super Bowl title in the last five years. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning and welcome into a wet wet Monday edition of Inside the Locker Room, 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you want to jump in on the show with us this morning. Our X accounts at Locker Room 109, at Barry Sanderson and at Wimp Sanderson. One email for the show is wimpandberry at yahoo.com. Uh, you can download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone and you can take us with you anywhere you go. Before we get started, though, we want to thank our great sponsor, and that's Yellowwood. If it uh, has to last, it has to be tough. Withstanding the elements year after year, when it comes to building outdoors, it doesn't come in tougher than Yellowwood brand. Pressure treated pine from great southern wood. For projects stands up against Mother Nature's best, be sure to head to your local dealer for Yellowwood brand. Pressure treated pine, the Lumber that protects against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. Get attacked. Get only the best for your next bi- backyard project. And I always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. We got Justin Jones behind the glass. I know Dad's been under the weather a little bit, so we'll find out how he's doing. Quick update on the Northridge Jaguars. The season came to an end at Helena. Uh, we went over there. Um, did not play very well defensively, got beat, so Helena moves on. Uh, I learned a lot uh, this year at Northridge, a lot of things that we need to do better as a program, also in our area that I'm going to meet with people about. we got to play our area tournament sooner uh, to try to play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday when other areas don't do that. It was not smart. Uh, so there's some things that I learned, but uh, it was fun season, 24 and 6. Uh, so uh, we'll look forward to trying to do a little bit better next year. But that being said, I'll pass it to Dad. How you feeling this morning? I'm doing okay. I've gotten better. Uh, sure, sorry. I was going to give you a chance to talk about that uh, when I got through with my little spiel. Uh, I'm going to jump around on you a little bit, folks, because i got a lot of things to say, I guess because I've been laying in bed sick. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm a crazy about uh, Reba McIntyre. She's terrific, but that was a lip sync uh, edition. Uh, uh, on was the it? Anthem. Was it lip sync? Uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was good. It's good. Lip, I think lip lip sync is good, but that's that's uh-huh. what it was because that'd be very very difficult to do what she did. I looked at it; they didn't throw a camera on her much, but enough to really? you could tell. Google that, that Justin. Make sure if that's true. Did she? Oh, that is true. I, I promise you, it's true. Okay, uh, Kansas City. Um, I was four for Kansas City because of uh, I don't know why I'm really, but I. Think, uh, the head football coach at, at uh, San Francisco is uh, is really um, a, a great guy. His dad was a great coach, and he has dementia real bad. I don't even know if he's still living. And, but uh, I thought that's Kansas, they showed him in the box at the game. Last yeah, night. I, I did yeah. see that. I yeah. did see that. He, he's struggling pretty badly. Um, Kansas City, 
um, was very it was very very good and took advantage of what happened. Anytime and I'm core Kansas City, so I don't think I'm knocking them. Anytime that that you punt the football to somebody and it goes off the heel of another player, uh, he should have been away from the ball. He hits on his heel and and then Kansas City recovers that and then took advantage of it and went in and scored. It was huge. So um, certainly a great a great win for them. I do think uh, in my own way. Uh, you can disagree if you wish. Don't care. Uh, that you, I tried to do the very best. If I lost, I tried to hide from people and and just take it. But I, I had a hard time with it. I think you can you can almost at times be silly when you win too much, a little bit. Now that whether that's whether you feel that way, maybe you don't. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that. But I think you could a little bit, a teeny tiny bit. Uh, overdo the winning part of it. Uh, certainly, be so excited that you don't know what to do about to win. But uh, uh, whatever, you can think about that, and if you wish. Uh, but that's my feeling on it. Nick Taylor uh, made a tying putt. Charlie Hoffman's a great player, forty-seven years old. I was pulling for him to win it. Nick Taylor won at Phoenix. Uh, picked up a million point six, and uh, and uh, Charlie picked up uh, almost a million dollars. Not quite. Justin Thomas. Uh, had 187,000. Tom Hogue, who's the Alabama connection, um, had a good paycheck as well. So um, good, for, good for them. Uh, in SEC basketball, uh, let me say this to you. And I hate to say I called it, but I, I, I felt it and said it, said it without saying it. I did say it. Alabama, Auburn goes to Florida, and they're not ready to play. They're no more ready to play than a goose. And uh, Florida comes back to them and just whack, whacks them good. Alabama goes to and uh, plays a team with a little bit lesser ability who played hard but doesn't know how to play. Uh, Alabama did a great job of being ready to play and hitting the shots when they were open. you got to give them a lot of credit for being ready uh, to play and for shooting the basketball. The the the, uh, the coach at LSU knows more no more how to play Alabama than a goose. You, you can't play them like that. You got you can't help help on every th- every pass and expect Alabama not to kill you. And so Alabama took advantage of that, and I thought it was a, a big advantage. And they, they moved uh, in a tie, of course, for, for the league lead with South Carolina at nine and two. So you, you you don't beat Alabama with offense. You can't beat them with offense. You beat them with defense, not out- offense. Texas A&M. Um, game was a knockdown drag out Garcia the, the leading rebounder in the league uh, had those guys and, the, and coach had those guys playing awfully hard they just waxed Tennessee uh, really good a uh, big win for A&M not good uh, they'll probably be in the NCAA tournament but not good enough to win the round robin um, I don't think at all so uh, in that in that situation right now uh, Alabama Auburn has a little bit of a chance. Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, six and four already lost for the first time in the history of the school three straight home games, which is quite un- un- unparalleled in their league. So Alabama sits in the driver's seat somewhat for the for the championship, but we'll see what happens there. But uh, if you want to look at, want to enjoy SEC basketball, that that Texas A&M um, Tennessee game was some game. I'll be through here in just a second. Ryan Grubb, uh, who did say he thought he was going to be the Alabama uh, offensive coordinator, 
uh, got a better offer, a better deal, better whatever, and it's going to Seattle in the process now of deciding uh, between they probably already know, but uh, publicly uh, deciding what they're going to do with uh, uh, with the offensive coordinator's job. Um, SEC, um, that's, that's about it on the SEC. The only other thing I'll say would be a very short sentence and nobody will think anything about it. The Dartmouth players want the backing of the union. That's the start. You can start when this thing starts now. The, the Dartmouth players have come out and said they want the union to back them. We'll see what happens. Uh, according to CBS and the people who like to talk about next year, next year's a long way off. We're in basketball season now. The teams who have improved the most with their recruiting and have the best chance to win in football. This is the end of it. Oregon, Ohio State, Ole Miss, uh, Missouri, and Georgia. So three of them are SEC schools, and uh, that's my opinion, and that's it. All right. Um, why, why, if Justin and Dad, y'all help me here, the new overtime rule uh, used to be you went down, score, yeah. game over. Why Why right. would San Francisco take the ball first? That, that's well, They had studied it a great deal. And right. they had felt like if 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 the thing was scored was tied after after each team had it, that the team that had it third would have the best chance of winning the game, and that's the reason they did it when he was asked that question. But uh, they felt like if 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 I'm playing you and 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 I scored and you scored and, and there was a lot of pressure on there was a lot of pressure on KC to, to make first downs at time. Uh, one one play, uh, I didn't get to see a, my TV went out because of the weather, but I got on an antenna. And um, but that that's the reason they thought the third time you got it, you'd be in better condition to win the game. That's not a good reason. I, I think that yeah, I I know that's what he said in the press conference, coach, like you mentioned. But I think that's. And I don't. I don't think it justifies. Yeah. So if you it. if they go down and kick a field goal, then you know you got four downs to get yourself into field goal range. You would never punt the ball. Yeah. You're I, not think, gonna I think the only way he could have justified it, which he didn't do it this way though, was saying, "Hey, my my defense just got a a long long drive that just sent us into overtime. If they're tired." I want to give them a second to rest because we know they're going to have to stop them on one of these drives. That's the only way I could see it. I, I don't know if uh, there's another way he. Well, takes everybody it. gets breaks, but when the when the when the football hits the, the heel of a player, it bounces around. And you you have no control over that. You have control over whether you take the ball or not. Uh, I understand so, that. So if they go down and score a touchdown, then you know you got to score a touchdown. So you're going all four downs. That doesn't that he that logic doesn't fly. Uh, there's plenty of time in the, and why is it in football? You guys explain this to me. When teams have a difficult time to score in, the last time they get the ball, none of the defenses can ever stop them. Uh, Kansas City scored one touchdown the entire game. And then they gotta have a drive and they drive it right down the field, make every play you gotta make. Why, what is the difference between the last drive? In every drive you have for four quarters, what, and you see it in college football. You see the it. In, the, 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 the question, the answer to the question is conditioning. Really? Yeah. The defense is tired. <laughs> 
every time in every sport, every yeah. level of football. Or got well, they're not they're, they're they're not as alert and not and they're not rested as they were during the part part of the game. That's the answer. Not as question. alert. You that's just the last drive of the game. You got to stop them. I mean, have we become conditioned to this because of Tom Brady being the comeback king and then immediately going into Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he's won all three of his Super Bowls. So why couldn't he drive the ball down the field like that more times during the game? The conditioning of the team. (laughs) Of the opponent. You buying that one, Justin? I mean, both teams. I ain't no, I matter, both teams matters. are tired. I mean, they both been out there. I think the, the during the game is they tried to lean on the run, and San Francisco was stopping the run. Isaiah Pacheco did not have a great day because Nick Bosa and Chase Young were kind of disrupting everything they had planned. It's in college football. Whoever gets the ball last, they can drive the ball down the field like like. Like it's nothing, but they don't do it at all during the game. I've never understood. Now in basketball, it's, uh, it's not like that. When you got to go down and score, you can't just go down and score. But in football, when you got to score, you just go score. All right, somebody call and help me out with that. Give me a better reason than conditioning that they're too. They just know they, got nothing, to, know they got nothing to lose, so they're like much more aggressive with the play calling, uh, and then that. Reasoning that they gave, they need to rethink that reasoning because that was not a good reason. I, I, I wouldn't want that coach to rethink much. He's pretty good. He is a good coach, but not taking the ball. I'm not giving them the ball to know what you have to do. To me, hindsight is not. That wouldn't be hindsight. That would be something I would decide before. Uh, they did like decided the other way before. <laughs> Had a lot of minds that thought about it too. Just like in college. You want to go on defense first, the way it is, because you want to know what you have to do. Yeah. So, two-minute okay. truck out at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. It's local, out of town, out of state. Let the professionals handle it. Moving is stressful. They'll take all the stress away, handle all your stuff with care. Give them a call today for the free estimate, 205-247-5050. That's two-minute truck movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up a stalled vehicle westbound 2059 near University Boulevard in Coling. It did have a lane block for a few minutes, but appears to be out of the roadway now as we aren't seeing any real backup through the area there. And you're moving along nicely on McFarland Boulevard coming in from Coker, passing up Lurling Wallace down to U of A and the I-20 interchange as well. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning, Rob. Monday morning, a Walker County man died early Sunday morning in a single vehicle accident outside Northport. And according to Alabama State Trooper Sergeant Jeremy J. Burkett, a spokesperson for the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, said 53-year-old Orbert D. Odom was driving a 2012 Toyota Tundra, which left the roadway, struck a dead. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow, a sunny day with a high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide. 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
for more from Tide 100.9. Let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. My buddy Corey Miller chimes into me. He's listening to the show, and he's right. Uh, most defense at the end play preventative defense. That's why I tell you. Why do they do that, though? My question would be, he's right. They play prevent defense and let them go, give everything underneath, and they go right down the field on you. Uh Why? Why not play the same defense you've been playing all year that's been stopping them? Because I know you don't want to slip and give up a big play, but when you play prevent, uh those guys throw underneath. Uh Give them home's credit, though, with his legs. All right, get to the Yellowwood hotline. Get Digger in. Good morning, Digger. Yeah, you can't question. Yeah. Uh, look, ask your boy Saban. He would have done the same exact thing. Play the prevent? Yeah, well, no. I'm talking about <laughs> taking the ball first. No, he would not have. Yes, he would have. Why? I'll tell you why. Listen, why? the rules. Listen, I'm think about it. Okay. Okay. You got my home. This guy's an alien. Okay? He's not your typical quarterback. Okay, you give him the ball first, he scores a touchdown, not a field goal. But you, then you get the ball, and you you could go score a touchdown, so you have four down. Now you know you're going you forward on four. You give Mahomes a second chance to score again? Well, yeah. right. No, Good you're doing the other no. way around. No. no, you're correct. Come you're on, wrong. think about it. No. If you give Mahomes the ball first, well, he's in, that, in that scenario, anytime you give the Holmes the ball, he's going to score. In that scenario, and then you and you go back and score again, you got to stop him again. He gets two. He gets more he gets chances first and to third score than times. you. That's right. <laughs> Oh my God! Listen to your father, Barry. But but, but, <laughs> but then I know I've got four downs. Like when I know I've got to get a. If they didn't, if they score, then I'm going to use all four downs. You get exactly. NFL team four downs. They're going to get a exactly. First down. But you're doing the same thing for Mahomes. He knows he's got four downs, and that's exactly what he did. Fourth and one, and he ran the ball. He's, he's an alien. I'm telling you. You can't stop this guy. Then he know you got to go for a touchdown. Why can't he do it all during the game? Because he was confused in the first half, and they had to make adjustments. Yeah, you got to admit, the game plan was good. Yeah. 49ers' game plan was good. And hey, Digger. Hey, Digger. I Purdy's good, too. I think people talking about he's a game manager or whatever. He's a good quarterback. He had a good play. Now, listen. Hey, hey Digger. How come? Yeah. How come y'all? How come y'all didn't get my homes? Oh, that's, I'm still. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's kicking himself in the ass for that. Yeah. I thought about it last night. I said, Why didn't he get this guy? I'm telling you, but real quick, he's, uh, he's unconventional. He was different. Oh my God! You can't stop this guy. You cannot stop this guy. Real quick. You really think he was the MVP of this game? Mahomes? That Kansas City defense yeah. saved their ass like you would not believe. Yeah. Okay? That defense saved them. Now, let me ask you. It, it could have been a blowout. Everybody's making a big deal out of this. And I wish he wouldn't have put his hands on him. But at the pro level, like, 
Travis Kelsey going up to the coach when they weren't, he wasn't really including him in, and I think he had him just blocking. He, to me, it just showed how much he wanted to win. I didn't have as big a problem with it. Everybody's going crazy. You can't do your coach like that at that level. Man, those guys are, they're playing to win. Did y'all have a problem with him going to his coach saying, get me involved in this game? Did y'all have a problem? I didn't have a problem. Oh, no, but the, the temper's too high for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to give it a, Give it a blow after that, but I'm telling you, yeah. that defense stayed there as I'm telling you. All right. I, and look, think about it. That's a young defense. Lee Steinberg's already brought it up. They're going to restructure Mahomes' deal, and they're bringing in more players, more receivers. What kind of, what kind of money is Mahomes going to get? I don't know. Whatever he I wants. <laughs> Whatever he wants. I'm telling you, he's the His wife sells team. some kind of something. She makes all kind of money. She's making money off of him. <laughs> well, I, know that, I know that, but she, she's, she's in sports. The question is, will he catch Brady in Super Bowl no. win? No. Think about it. He's 28. I already thought about it. He ain't going to catch Brady. He's 28. Ain't nobody going to catch Brady. And if he wins one every year, every other year, yeah, yeah. he'll be in the league. I know you put years. if in there. We'll see. Well, I know that, but you got to remember that defense is young, too. I don't agree with y'all though. I I I go on defense I first. I go on defense first. So thank you, Digger. Thank you, thank you, Digger. Right, Keep calling. Keep calling with, with your smart remarks. You're no, good. That wasn't smart. You two are yep. not smart about that. You're right, you're right Digger. One hundred percent. And that prevent prevent defense. Flush that prevent defense. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline. Get Joe in. Good morning, Joe. Barry, I'm not going to jump you because that's what Wimp wants everybody to do. So I'll, I'll, I ain't I'll wanting them guys to jump me. Do you think I'm wrong? <laughs> I don't think hey, uh, you're jumping or not. Barry, that's a tough loss. But hey, you you know the first three minutes of the second half, second quarter, you got your time. Well, the the second uh, half uh, when twenty came down and nailed those two threes on you, yeah, and yeah. then you took that time out, which is all you could do there. Yeah, that was tough. That yeah. was tough. Yeah. And then when, I, I when you see that game broke my heart, I was so sick I couldn't raise my head. Yeah. Well, and you then, got you oh. got to win your area tournament so you're playing at home. You go back and look at just about all the six A teams that played at home are going on, and you got you got to win your area. Uh, and you can't, you know, like Helena's. And I'm not making this cute. We beat Helena twice. I was afraid we were going to have to go there, uh, but they're in a three team area, so they only had to play one area game, and they play on a Wednesday. Our area. We put no thought in it. We play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You got a team sit there playing Wednesday one game, and you got to go play on Saturday. We got to be smarter than that. Uh, That's here, right. Here, You're right. Yeah. And how many of those kids you lose, Barry? Mm, I lose three, but I got a lot of guys back, so that's good. Then they, it's twenty-four. It's twenty-four coming back. He's gone. His brother's five. He's back. Eleven's uh, back. My point guard's just a sophomore, so we got yeah. we got a lot of guys back. A lot of guys back. So, which you just said something about the road, which is leading into my next thing. But before I get to the road thing in the SEC that went kind of touchdown, did you see the timeout right before the half when they went back to the studio? And our ex Georgia Indiana Marquette coach, Krim was in. Did you hear what he said about our inside defense? Mm-mm. Pitiful. We use the word awful. It's <laughs> awful how easy they're getting the ball inside. So anyway, just had to say that. Now, Wimp, 
There's huge blowouts on the road. How what? good is the SEC? These huge blowouts we're seeing on the road. I think SEC's good. It's not as good as it was in the 80s, late 70s, 90s, but I don't want to argue that with people. Uh, they're, they're good teams. I don't know if they're great teams or not. They're teams that are beatable. Uh, Alabama is, 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 to me, if I was having to go against the 12 teams in the league, Alabama would be the most difficult one to go against. But when you don't beat Alabama with offense. You beat them with defense. And uh, the way they sh- they shoot the ball better, um, and you know, it's amazing to me that they can start the three guards that they do. Uh, but if, when you can't guard the dribbler against Alabama, you can kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Well, Kentucky, you got to go back to 1966 since they've had three home losses. Yeah. Back to back to back. Yeah. yeah. And that Gonzaga team just. Did not impress me at all. No, they, they, I, I'm okay. just wondering. Yeah, I just, yeah, they'll they'll probably make the tournament on the bubble. We'll see. But I watched that game, and gosh, it just wasn't there. Yeah. Just wasn't there. With seven teams in the league having one with a tie with a tied record, and the rest of them is losses. I don't know that I don't know that going to get quite as many in the NCAA as we think. Uh, uh, we've got cup one clown that talks all the time, says we're going to hit nine or ten, but uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm, maybe they will. Uh, Big Ten is not. And, and when that when that clown's talking, think about what he did his two years as the Arkansas ladies coach. So, but he got he fired. He got fired because they wouldn't stand up on the national anthem. Oh gosh! But he he knew he couldn't he couldn't win. That's why you know he's looking for a way to get out. That's the way it was. But anyway, uh, I, I just don't until something. I mean, the blueprint on us is any big team inside gonna beat us. If they, if got, they defend, if they, if they if they don't defend, they won't. Yeah. Thank well, you, Joe. Twenty point losses. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. All right, uh, let's talk about a great uh, sponsor here, uh, Bryant Bank. Uh, four locations here in the Tuscaloosa area, really spread out throughout the state. Well, I'm happy to do so because Bryant Bank is where I've banked ever since I've been uh, back in uh, Birmingham from Little Rock, and Bryant Bank has four locations in Tuscaloosa. Um, you go in there, you'll have the, the freedom and the uh, flexibility to bank the way you want to. You be going into a bank that has a banker, and to me, you need a banker. Uh, and you also be going into a bank that's local. And to me, if you've got a local bank, they think they think more of you. They do more to try to help you. They've got online service that you can get twenty four hours have twenty four hours a day. Uh, they've been committed to Tuscaloosa and Birmingham and the state of Alabama ever since they've uh, started coach. Uh, Coach Bryant's son started opening this place up. Uh, they do everything they possibly can to help small businesses. Uh, it, they'll be darn sure that they'll target any fraud that attempt attempt at, at your money, because they've got they got everything covered in case somebody comes in and tries to steal what you got. And brother, they do. Uh, I, my recommendation to you as I close this out is that you go to Bryant Bank, tell them you heard on inside the locker room. Uh, I'd appreciate you doing that. Uh, give them your zip code. Tell them where you are, and I'll guarantee Updated COVID-19 shot designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn about a vaccine option and book your COVID-19 shot on ScheduleCovidVax.com. 
Sponsored by Pfizer. Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood pressure treated pie from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want to get several uh, 49er players saying that they were not aware of the new overtime rules where the Chiefs, on the other hand, said they had been planning for this scenario. And they said if uh, San Francisco scored a touchdown and they scored a touchdown, they were prepared to go for two. <laughs> wow. Uh, that would take some guts. All right, get to the Yellowwood hotline. We'll go all the way up to Knoxville, Tennessee, and get in our great friend, Mr. Russell Bivin. Good morning, Russell. How are you? Hey, Russell, good morning. Good morning. Doing good. How you uh, I uh, was sick, and I saw, but I would watch part of the of the A and M uh, game with Tennessee. But what little I could see, uh, what, what little I could see, which was quite a bit, A uh, and M was absolutely like a bunch of wild kids. Uh, they, they just absolutely played. Unbelievably, I think it's hard to play out there. Alabama has it at home, which is a advantage. But talk about that game before you talk about anything else. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a tough place to play, that's for sure. The students, I mean, pack it in. They do a lot of the same stuff they do at football games. But but you're right. You know, Coach uh, Plinsky said before the game, he said, if you've ever seen a pack of dogs when you throw a bone out in the middle, that's how A&M is on the offensive glass, especially when they're at home. You know, they were last in the in the league in three-point shooting, and they were 50% against Tennessee in the first half. So they they were just just terrific uh, against the Vols. And, you know, Tennessee made a late run, but just didn't have enough for sure. They, they were dominant the entire game against Tennessee. Uh, let me ask you this question because of the significance of the Tennessee at Alabama game. As I, I've studied the schedule. I know the schedule about as well as schedule makers. Um, Tennessee has to come to Alabama. Alabama's darn good at home. They're good anywhere, but they're darn good at home. Tennessee is good on the road, fair on the road, not great. Uh, uh, talk about this game at home in Tuscaloosa. That's going to be tough. I think that uh, Tennessee is, you know, obviously this A&M loss uh, really hurt, um, but uh, it could end up helping them as far as going to Alabama is concerned. But, you know, I think it's going to be really hard to, to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa a lot yeah. like uh, them. Tennessee's, re- you know, they lost to South Carolina at home, but they're really good at home as well. They've got a good yeah. home crowd. What they're trying to do and what Coach is emphasizing is take that Thompson bowling mentality, their home arena mentality, when we go on the road, you know, we don't, can't just play like that at home. We got to be like that on the road. And we're, you know, kind of would have loved to win the rest of the games down the stretch to try to get that one seed, but the loss to A&M obviously hurt. But I think the Alabama game is going to be very, very tough for Tennessee. I do too. Uh, we're talking with Russell Bivin. All right, Russell, let's switch to the NCAA, uh, in Tennessee. Um, when Jeremy Pruitt was going through his problems, um, the, University did not want to save him. They assisted the NCAA in uh, mm-hmm. finding things to, uh, you know, for not to pay him and be cooperative. Uh, 
Now the NCAA is coming again, and they're coming after the NIL stuff. What are they looking at, Russell? What are they saying that they did? Tennessee is digging in and lawyering up against the NCAA, so they're fighting for their school now, not not the same way they handled it, obviously, against Jeremy Pruitt. And, he, of course, he, he caused all that. But tell, tell the listeners what's going on with this situation. Okay. here, here From what I'm hearing, the NCAA, while they were – you know, appreciated the fact Tennessee was helpful in the Jeremy Pruitt case. The NCAA did not like the outcome. They, they wanted more uh, penalties against Tennessee because they knew how bad it was. Yeah. What was taking place. Tennessee was very organized in how they handled that. And obviously the situation came in Tennessee's favor. But the NCAA still wanted some blood from, from Tennessee. And, and now they're going after Tennessee for, for allegedly paying uh, Nico, the quarterback who, who was a freshman last year, and saying that was used as recruitment uh, to come to University of Tennessee. And Tennessee is obviously saying that the rules are so vague, which they are. We've talked about it. The rules are so vague that nobody knows what's going on. So now Tennessee is tripling down, basically. Josh Heupel is now in the uh, lawsuit as well as a defendant. Uh, they have a player that's a lawsuit uh, defendant. Um, Danny White, the athletic director, is now a defendant. So they are they are really digging in against the NCAA. They're very organized. Uh, I can tell you that uh, with with the law firms and also with the Tennessee officials, uh, political officials in the state. So uh, uh, it's going to be something else to see if if the NCAA comes to an agreement or if they. If they dig in as well, it's going to take a long time to resolve. I think in the end, it might be the best thing for college sports for them to figure this thing out, though. But obviously, uh, if the kids never played a down and he gets paid eight million dollars, I don't know if that's two million a year. I don't know how they're paying that out. Um, then. That's not name, image, and likeness. Now, I understand everybody's doing it in the collectives. Um, so how are they going to justify that, hey, we gave this guy $8 million to come here when that had to be in recruitment, doesn't it, Russell? Or are they saying that's what everybody's doing? We don't know what the rules are? What's the what's the defense here, Russell? Well, I think that if the defense is that the the rules are confusing and, and vague to um, – to the coaches and to the universities, um, you know, obviously, a lot of schools are doing it for those reasons, the recruitment reasons. We've talked about it here, and I think you had a great idea that they have to be a student, maybe even have to wait a year before they get their money. Yeah. Um, but Tennessee's defense is it, it's a wild, wild west out there, and the NCAA has not done anything to rein this in, and now they want to come after them specifically for uh, one of these when there's all kinds of these out there. So why would they just want to come after Tennessee? So I think the president of the the system, Randy Boyd, the chancellor, Donnie Plowman, they want to make this this issue of of NIL not just more clear for Tennessee but for college athletics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The situation with Dartmouth, where they want want to be employees, uh, they're backing the union that has – the, the, the kids are in backing are backing the union that has come up with this idea of whether mm-hmm. they pay income tax and uh, 
I think it, when you talk about Dartmouth, you don't talk about much, but this is a, this is the start of a spreading that can go through the NCAA. Although it's very small now, this is a small conversation. This deal could hu- be humongous. Agree, yeah. No, I completely agree, Coach. When I saw that, I thought, "Wow, this is gonna, this is gonna keep going." And I think that's what a lot of the universities were concerned about when the NCAA finally came out and said, "You know, the players should get paid." That eventually they would be employees of the school, and then how is that amateur athletics? So, the name, image, and likeness. The way they did it kept it amateur athletics, but they were allowed to get paid for obviously their name, image, and likeness. So, but I think what has taken place there, um, it's going to be hard to stop that. It, it really, really is an illegal system that's already been opened. I mean, Pandora's boxes, you want to talk about that? It is open. And, um, what Tennessee is doing and now the Dartmouth thing, I, this is going to be really, really interesting to see how college athletics are formed in the next few years it's not going to look anything like what we've known you know rick patino's come out and said uh have these guys sign a two-year contract uh take the power five put one point he's talking about basketball now put one point five two million dollars in there and that's what you can pay out and that's people say well you can't cap what you make well they do it in the nfl they ever have a salary cap uh, as to how much you can pay Uh, these particular, so there is precedent to do this. Um, and boy, it would be a shame if they, uh, the Big Ten, the SEC are going to meet. And that, that should really just be about football. Uh, basketball is a different animal. Hopefully they won't mess with the NCAA tournament. We'll keep all 300 schools, uh, involved there. Does Rick Patino have a good idea there? Put it, whatever money in the pot for the power five and then these other conferences can decide how much they can afford and put it in there. And that way everybody kind of knows what the number is. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he does have a good idea there. Coach Barnes, when we were talking about it over the summer, he said something is going to happen to where there's going to have to be a, a player type agreement with the university, whether it is a cap or where it is negotiations with what's going on in the portal. Because you know, someone's going to end up having to give there. Yeah. The problem you have with that, not a problem, but everything, is the behind-the-scenes money that they give you past the cap. There are people who, you know, there are there are guys that, that with assistant coaches trying to be darn sure that they please their head coach. You know, they, they go by the cap rule. But they also go by the deal where behind the scenes you get more you know, we'll, we'll be darn yeah. sure you're taken care of. That, that's the, it, that, it, that would be going back to where we were, right? Yeah. It opens yeah. up, it opens up the, it opens up the opportunity to cheat. So I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> well, you're right. Uh, but you know, you get, these guys got, these guys are making a pile of money now. Uh, Russell. It's unreal. And it's so unreal. I'm talking about the coaches as well. So if they do what dad says, those guys can lose their jobs. These guys don't want to lose these four and five million dollar jobs that they got, uh, because of, you know, give it nickel and diamond somebody under the table there. These guys got a lot at stake, uh, in these situations. Russell, oh, where do we, yeah. where do we, before you answer that, where do we go with making the NCAA worth a hoot? Do we, we take Nick Saban and make him in charge of the NCAA or we take somebody that like that? That makes them, it, uh, coach, go ahead. Before, before this interview, uh, this call was going to end, I was going to ask you guys the exact same thing. Is this what they're planning for Nick Saban? Because 
this is a mess with the NCAA. I, I don't even know how much authority they have anymore. It's almost like people don't even listen to them. And if this Tennessee thing comes out where Tennessee wins this thing, I don't know what leg the NCAA even stands on. And do they put a Coach Saban in here to try to, to fix this thing? But I was going to ask you guys the same question to see if you knew anything about it. No, I don't. I, I, I don't think. think that he, you know, he's going to, I don't think he wants to get involved. No, I don't either. Uh, to be honest with you. Well, I, think, I did hear him say that he was going to work. I think that's why he got I, out. I did hear him say he was going to try to work to make college athletics better. I thought I heard that in one of the interviews and, and that's what, when the light came on for me that, oh, maybe he's going to try to, you know, help fix this situation that's, that's going to really mess with college athletics as I think a lot of us in the South know and love. I think football needs to have their own set of rules and then everybody else. Uh, it's because it's just such a different, different sport. You can't count the football against the Title Nine and all that. They need to have their own, the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, they're getting together. I think they're trying to get ahead of this thing, aren't they, Russell? Oh, no question about it. I do think, though, in today's political environment, that's going to be hard to do to separate the football. I mean, obviously, when you look at the revenue, that's what should happen, right? Yeah. So when you talk about politics and all that stuff, I just don't see it happening. Um, I see a lot of politicians stepping in with the Title IX and all that kind of thing to make sure that doesn't happen. But when you look at the revenue, it's just unbelievable. Even with basketball, some of them just breaking even. You know, we're losing some money, and football is just makes so much. I, I think it would be a, a shame for the basketball part of it to kind of lose out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but something's, we've talked about this for the last few years on, on the show, you know, something's got to give. And a lot of these guys have been right. You know, Lane Kiffin, it's just, it's free agency. That's what it is. So now what kind of rules are they going to make? Are they going to go the Dartmouth route? Or are they going to actually come in with some detailed rules of what you can and can't do and what it involves with recruitment and that type of thing. Is there going to be a cap, whatever? So I think they're heading in the right direction, but for traditionalists, it might not be what we want to see. Yeah. That. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee basketball, back to that. Um, what, uh, what kind of schedule do they have beside, I kind of know, but, uh, what, what do they have besides going to Alabama? I know they got they've got they they beaten Kentucky at Kentucky, with Kentucky coming to them. They've got to play Auburn. Uh, they've got they've got it pretty yeah. tough to, to have a chance to win the round robin. I mean to, to win them the regular season. I think. Yeah, they got they got all they got. A, yeah, I think at this point it's going to be tough. They got to Arkansas Wednesday. Um, they got some key games at home, except that Alabama game, obviously. Um, so, it, you know, it's going to be tough. It's tough for a lot of these SEC schools when you look. I mean, goodness, you know, Auburn got hammered by Florida. We're ready to play. Um, and obviously with, yeah, and Gonzaga beating Kentucky uh, was a an eye-opener, um, maybe an eye-opener for a lot of people. Um, I know Coach thought that was the biggest surprise of the day. But, yeah, Tennessee's got it tough to, to win the conference. I still think they're a really – I mean, they are a talented, talented basketball team. They've got a couple guys who you don't know which guy's going to show up in those guys each night. And 
they have to become consistent as we get closer and closer to, to March and the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. If they do, they are going to be a really, really tough team to beat. Well, before you le- before you leave, tell our listeners the future of Tennessee football. Forget forget all the other stuff. Where, where's where's the Tennessee where does Tennessee football stand for next season in the East or in the not East to be maybe one division next year? I think. Yeah, I, you know I think they're heading in the right direction with Coach Heupel. I really do, and they've got some good recruits coming in. They got some good transfers coming in. I think it's going to be really tough for for everybody with. Texas, Oklahoma coming in. The SEC is just a juggernaut. I still think Alabama is going to be good. You know, Ole Miss is stepping up. I mean, Georgia. So, you know, I think they're going to be uh, above middle of the pack, but I still think it's going to be hard for for them to win the SEC and do what the fans really want them to do here just because of how tough it's getting. Yeah. Yeah. Russell, um, before you go, did – was there a mistake made by San Francisco in overtime last night to take the ball first? <laughs> I think I, I was really surprised when it actually happened. I, I couldn't figure that out because you can end the game on a defensive touchdown. So if you give the other team the ball first, not only do you know what the end result is going to be if they do score, but if your team scores on a turnover, it's over. I really don't understand the the philosophy behind taking the ball first. But San Francisco uh, players uh, came out and said they didn't even know their new rule. Uh, and I, I was glad that, Tony, that, I was glad Tony Romo explained it when they were making that last drive. I kept thinking, man, the the, the clock's going to run out. But he was like, no, it's, it's like a quarter. Like it runs out, but they just go to another quarter. No, but they didn't. I don't think that they did a very good job. They should have put the rules up on the screen where everybody, because it was brand new that everybody, so everybody kind of knew what was going on, but they didn't. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe guys wouldn't know overtime rules <laughs> when you get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, Kansas City said they knew every one of them. They were ready, but, uh, that's tough for Kyle Shanahan. That's for sure. You know, he, that's two now as a head coach and he was offensive coordinator with the Falcons, you know, when that monumental comeback with, uh, the Patriots against the Falcons, so it, it, it that's a tough one, but a uh, big win for the Chiefs. Give me a uh, rate, Usher, scale of 1 to 10. Uh, you know, it took me about 15 minutes before I knew the first song. <laughs> yeah, me too, and I kind of like Usher. I, 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 I I'm going to say 7.5. I know that's mm. probably not uh, – people really enjoyed it, but I, I've seen some other good ones. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I'd probably give it a six. Hey, hey, Russell, Russell. <laughs> yeah, uh, Reva McIntyre. She she lip synced it. She I don't think it. she did, Russell. She lip synced it. I'm telling you, she lip synced it. I don't think she did. I couldn't she tell. Did. I couldn't tell. I always try to Thank tell. You. I couldn't tell. I couldn't. I, I couldn't tell. She lip synced. Justin, it. did she lip sync? Yep. Justin. She messed up at one point, didn't she? Like it uh, kind of went off tune. No, she lip synced. You know, but when they, but, but, but I will say, Justin, when they lip sync, they will also typically, they will sing too. Now, if that mic's on, they're in trouble. But if you hear something like that every now and then, that might be somebody in audio that's really messed that up. Mm-hmm. So Justin exactly. doesn't right. that a kind of thing. Did you have a pro- My wife gets so mad about him showing Taylor Swift. I'm like, Jenny, but she has no control over that. She's not telling him to put the cameras on her. Get off Taylor. Well, 
If they, it's if usually they the men never, saying that. Huh? Yeah. It's usually the men upset yeah. with that. I mean, she's not <laughs> putting the camera on herself. They've had a lot. Of, they've had a lot of knives on her to get her pretty. No. <laughs> Wow, he's just going after people today. Oh, man. Oh, I better get off, boys, before he comes after me. I may get off the show and let you finish with him today. Uh, Hey, I saw saw Coach Polinski hit 23 straight before the A&M game out in College Station, by the way. He hit 23 straight what? Shots. Oh, really? Layups? Not layups. No layups. Free throws? Uh, No, no free throws either. Wow. Because Pete is shooting. pretty impressive. He should, he should have had Tennessee shooting that well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know it. I know it. Appreciate you, Russell. Thanks, Russell. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. All right. There's All Russell right. Biven. Uh, yeah, Tennessee is dug in. I mean. Babble, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Eli Gold, Chris Stewart, and Roger Hoover live right here. Tide 100.9 is a proud partner of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. They made this 7 o'clock hour possible. We're going to build a five-star backyard. There's only one choice. It's Yellowwood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. When we get back from break, I'm going to tell you, if Coach Saban knew something that was going on, I think he would be extremely, extremely mad, furious. I'm going to tell y'all what that is when we get back from break. Let's the tide 100.9. It's the home. You can take on your day. Start your day with Nature Made, the number one pharmacist recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Based on a survey of pharmacists who recommend branded vitamins and supplements. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles, here's Eddie Garcia. In Super Bowl 58, it was the Chiefs beating the 49ers 25-22 in the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. Kansas City was down 10-3 at the half, rallied back, but they needed a Harrison Butker 29-yard field goal with three seconds left in regulation to tie it and force overtime. San Francisco won the coin toss, but settled for a field goal in overtime. Kansas City then got the ball, went 13 plays, 75 yards, capped by a Patrick Mahomes three-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver McCole Hardman to win it. Patrick Mahomes finished with 333 yards passing and two touchdowns. He also led the team in rushing with 66 yards and was named Super Bowl MVP for a third time, tied with Joe Montana for the second most all-time as they both trailed Tom Brady, who won it five times. Kansas City's now won back-to-back Super Bowls. They're the eighth franchise. Betting in Alabama. Contact your legislator today by visiting sportsbettingalliance.org. Paid for by Sports Betting Alliance. Sportsbettingalliance.org. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Man. Drew Kniffer, he's my all-state insurance agent. Let him become yours. Out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, 
Suite 3 over in Northport. Give them a call, 205-722-9201. Now that uh, basketball's over, I'm to help Andrew help me in my golf game. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start playing a little golf, and Andrew can uh, help me uh, get that taken care of. So, But give him a call for all your insurance needs, home, life, auto, whatever you need. Andrew will take great care of you. I'll help you. All right. Um, so after Coach re- Coach's daughter, Coach Sabins, was on social media while he was coaching, she was saying some things that was kind of off off the wall. People got all over. I think Coach got wind of it. She went completely off social media. Now that he's retired, she's come back to social media, Justin, and. I think it's to the point where if he knew some of the things that she was putting out there and she gets a lot of attention when she says something and it sometimes it'll go on AL.com. The shot that she took at David Pollock, I thought, uh, Justin and dad was wrong. Everybody talks about David Pollock, you know, talking about when he was with ESPN that Georgia, I don't remember exactly how he said it. Just how did he say it? Georgia was the, Standard of college football the now. New standard. Yeah. yeah. So that made a lot of people mad. I mean, it's quite honestly, they were, uh, basically where they were. So when her dad got the job at game day, she went on there and called him Davey, uh, talking about David Pollock, who I understand is, I know some people that know him. He's a great man. Uh, basically saying that Coach got the last laugh because you said that you were fired and he took your job. If Coach Saban knew <laughs> that she was putting that out on social media, uh, making fun of David Pollock, basically making fun of him getting fired and that her daddy is taking his job, I think he would be absolutely, that he, that is not him. Uh, he would be furious about that. Uh, do you agree, Dad? If, if Coach yeah. knew that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I, you know, Justin just got a phone call. Come, I just think she's using his platform to try to garner some attention, and and I just that's not Coach Saban's style no. No, at all not. to to run somebody else down. He's never done that. Uh, I don't know, Justin. Am I off base here? I think it's to me, it's a little much. She might, uh, she might need think, to be banned from social media again. I think uh, it's a little much, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, you love it because it's, you know, it makes. Hey, our our new coach has social media. Maybe he's going to be on there posting stuff like that. Who knows? No. All right, get to the uh, Andrew Kadifer hotline. Get Cowboy in. Good morning, Cowboy. Hey, Cowboy. How you doing, Terry? Coach. We're good, man. How are you? All right. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I was surprised that. Uh, San Francisco took the ball first. I would have let, at least let Mahomes go first and see what he could do. I mean, you, and then kind of like Romo said, when it was fourth and four down there at the 10, maybe you should just go for it because you know Mahomes is going to get them down to get a field goal. So, um, I've seen it too many times with Mahomes. Uh, you know, uh, two years ago, Buffalo kicked off and there's, uh, 35 seconds left, and they go 30 yards in 20 seconds, kick a field goal tight, go to overtime. I mean, this Mahomes guy, you know, he's more athletic than Tom Brady was, so, you know, he may get a couple more and keep the cast around him. And then 
the cast wasn't that great except for Kelsey. I mean, he just makes plays. I mean, he's the difference. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't, you know, and, and dad says the defense are tired. Uh, other people say at the end, they don't want to give up a big play. So they get in the prevent. That's got to stop in all levels of football. You cannot get in the prevent and watch these guys march the ball right down the field on you, cowboy. Uh, well, a prevent defense is, is really a, a, a defense to let them score. Yeah. I mean, and you're worried about There's giving some... up the big play, so you give them everything underneath, uh, and they just they dink and dunk you down the field. Uh, yeah, you don't yeah. give a big play, but I mean these guys uh, move the football the, on the, you, so the, I don't know. The kicker's already the field goal kicker's already showing you he can hit a 57 yard or knuckle ball, you know, yeah. low line drive, so you know he's going to be able to hit it. Uh, what I, what I was your uh, what did you rate Usher at halftime? Oh, I couldn't. I, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. I guess it 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 uh, it was it was kind of like it was shot through a frozen camera lens or something. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was just, I mean, who was a guy? Who was the guy that sang before before Reba? Nobody oh, knows. That, uh, oh, who is that guy? that guy? Oh, heck. He had some pull. He had some pull to get that job. Yeah, what kind of? He had tattoos all over his face. Post Malone. Post Malone. Yeah, I'm too old. Yeah, I'm too old. I'm too old. You got tattoos on the face. Oh, his teeth look like he'd been eating. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, cowboy. Yeah, baby. Hey, uh, I was going to ask Coach. About that big win, I thought it was a big win for Alabama after that offense go to LSU early. Yeah, it was a big game. win. Uh, LSU is responsible for it. Yeah, huge. Everybody's yeah. like, "Yeah, Nick Pringle's got to play like that every game." Well, that ain't going to happen every game. They ain't going to let you do that. When you don't play Alabama like that uh, defensively, you, you, they can, you can kiss it goodbye. Alabama's going to stomp the mud hole in them. They, you can't you can't play them like that. Yeah, great win. Yeah. Great hey, win. Hey, one last thing I'll tell Coach. I saw it looks like Tommy Reese is one that is up for the UCLA job. Maybe he could get I it. I wish he'd get it. Yeah, I like Maybe that he come back and be the coordinator here. It's open. Yeah. You don't like Maybe that. So. You don't like that. I tell you a candidate that they hadn't really thought about. They're talking about Kirby Moore, but his brother, Alabama job, would be more secure than the Philadelphia Eagles. Offensive coordinator job is Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. If I could get him the college ball. Yeah. It don't matter who they get. They're going to catch the devil. Yeah. Thank you, Cowboy. All right. Be good. All right. Back up to the Yellowwood hotline. Get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Barry, morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? We're good. All right. We're in the prevent defense, Tom. We're going to march right down the field on us. I've really been laying around six, so I'm ill. He's Uh-oh. ill. He's in well, the uh, prevent defense. You know, I was uh, I wanted to bring up something that y'all had in an earlier conversation with Joe, and uh, and the and the subject came up about the quality of basketball being equal to what it was in the eighties, and I dispute that. I I, I really do. It, it's uh, and I'm talking about the SEC. I'm no expert on anything else. That's what I watch. But 
I, I say that it is nowhere near the quality of basketball. And the reason that I'm saying that is because, I mean, it's entertaining to watch. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not knocking that part of it. But to me, it, it's just not as good as it was in the 80s. Am I, am I off base here? For me, uh, for me, know, you're exactly right. I don't think it is because, you know, guys didn't transfer as much then. You had players, and guys weren't going pro. You had guys that were there three and four years. Uh, and so, Hard you know, to win. They, they, they knew the system. They, they knew how to play together. It wasn't – you had a team. Uh, and a pro, you had a program. Now they're just and trying to you build had a, a schedule too that was home and home. They're trying to build a team each year where they are. Those guys have been there for three or four years. They knew that's the good system. points, Barry. Yeah, that's good so, points. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Um, yeah, you know when I start thinking about why is it not as good, I, I always overlook that factor of the uh, continuity of uh, of uh, teams. Uh, of you know them being together for that long, that that's a great point. But I tell you something else too is a great point, Coach. Is the uh, playing everybody twice? I, I really yeah. believe that that's uh, that makes for a great competitive yeah. league. Yeah. Well, you, you and also yeah, like he, you played each other twice, and plus you know the players a lot better because they've been there three and four years. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. I made it Oh yeah. I, I made it an all-out grind, uh, to be quite honest with you. So, um, Well, I think that's exactly right, too. See, that's a point I hadn't thought about right there is the uh, familiarity between teams. And they, oh, oh, we're going in there. We know what Robert Orr is going to try to do. Yeah, you know and his strengths and weaknesses. Try. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You're going to try to stop him, and Robert's got to come up with uh, our coach or whoever's got to come up with a plan to offset. That's, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have been, we all have been, y'all have been 20 years, Tom, y'all have been 20 years before that. It wasn't very good because we went to, we went to Tennessee on the bus to play, not to play Tennessee on, on Saturday night, got on the bus and went to Lexington to play Kentucky. On Monday night, on Monday night, and came home. <laughs> that's that, hey Tom, that's for you, was born. Oh yeah, but I mean, when you look at historically <laughs> the way that uh, that that basketball was viewed and where and how it got yeah. where it is now, it's, it's somewhat of a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good points, Tom. All right. I think, thank, oh, thank you. Only us old people know all that, Tom. All right. Uh, Not you. I'm old. Oof. Me. I'm old. I'm old enough to remember back when uh, guys stayed three and four years, and they, they weren't transferring. They were staying there. And, uh, you know, when you started practice the next year, you said, hey, run this drill. Same and they, all, they all knew it. You know, all knew the drill. You're right. All that. Hey, just run this play. You could, you know, you and you could build each year. Uh, so it made it made it a lot better. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. You can look at all the new inventory, the used inventory. You can schedule service right there at the website. If you want to swing by Skyland Boulevard, go see Justin David DeSantis. The 2024s are in trucks, SUVs, the Camrys. Uh, that Rav's a beautiful car. Everybody's bragging about that new Grand Highlander. 
a little bit bigger SUV there, but it's a great price on that as well. So get out there today and tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. Doug Bell is next. That's the Tide 100.9 and see home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. The stalled vehicle we had for a while on northbound I-359 at 15th Street is clear. Right lane was blocked for a time, but it's now gone. All lanes open and no remaining backup there. Meantime, if you're traveling southbound, Lurley guarantee. Text support to 511-511. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Rain Possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high of 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. All right, we'll get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. He's with uh, CBS Tour Radio, does... Great job on XM. I love listening to Doug Bell, uh, called Goff. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, good morning, Doug. How are you, sir? Hey, Doug. Hey, Barry. Hey, coach. Um, how are you guys? I understand you guys are all fired up about the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. We're not, we're, we're, we're not right, agreeing. Right. We're not agreeing much. <laughs> uh, oh, t- uh, Doug. I don't want you, you can argue with him all you want to. Uh, for whatever reason, Charlie Hoffman, after he cut his hair, and after I heard what the people said about him, I pulled so hard for him in that in that playoff. I, I, I unfortunately was downstairs; had just had one TV, and but I wanted him to win that so bad. But Nick Taylor knocked in putt after putt after putt in that thing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because of the weather. Um, the playoff was happening while the Super Bowl was on. So yeah. not many people saw it. The ratings were terrible. You know, the the plan was to get it over about 4 o'clock, maybe yeah. an hour or so before the kickoff. But it just didn't happen. Uh, and you're right, Coach. It was a great playoff. Charlie Hoffman, you know, he's almost 48. Yeah. That would – a win would have catapulted him into the, you know, PGA Tour champions. And it would have taken care of his career now for the next three years. So you kind of pull for him. But, you know, Nick Taylor, now listen, he's the guy who won the RBC Canadian last year with that incredible 70-foot eagle putt in the playoff. And he shot a 60 in the opening round. Uh, people kind of forget, you know, he opened with Ooh, a 60. I, I forgot. Killer, so, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, he, he played great. And he deserved he was playing it. probably the best of his career. Yeah, he deserved it. And um, and and so it, it was an exciting finish. And I will say this, too. Uh, listen, the WM Phoenix Open has the biggest crowds of any regular season stop on the PGA Tour. I mean, by a wide margin. And that 16th hole is crazy. But yeah. on Friday, you know, a lady fell out of the, you know, the third story tier there on the 16th hole. She was okay. But then on Saturday, they had to shut down. They closed the gates and shut off beer sales for a couple of hours because it, it literally was getting out of hand. So I, I think what we have here is really a special event. Thank goodness it only happens one time a year on the PGA Tour. But it's kind of crossed the line where it's gotten a little over the Too loud. Yeah, I know. I was yeah, yeah, got I, upset. I, I, yeah. yeah. 
the people hey. got to peel it back a little bit. Yeah, it's almost, uh, what, what's the name of the tournament uh, after the Masters down in Hilton Head? That's kind of a party party atmosphere too, isn't it, Doug? Uh, yeah, the RBC Heritage, yeah, but yeah. it's not anything like this. I mean, yeah. this is, and, and you know, people, listen, it's it, they don't come for the golf tournament, they just come for the party. Yeah. And <laughs> right. you have, and, and there's so many people that are just intoxicated, which happens at sporting events, but when you have thousands of people getting drunk, you have a lot of fights and a lot of things happening. Shouldn't be happening at any sporting event, certainly not a golf tournament where you don't have bleachers everywhere. You do have people, melees are happening all over the place as these golfers are going down the fairways. So it's, they'll probably re- reassess. Uh, but it's, it's a golf tournament, which is, which is wonderful on one side of things. I mean, the people to have that bigger crowd is awesome, but it's gotten a little, no, I shouldn't say it's gotten a little. It has gotten over the top. Yeah. Um, just reading between the lines, I, I understand why he left because of the money, but it sounds like to me John Rahm was having some regrets about it. Uh, I think he misses the competition, the PGA Tour. Yeah, he had to do it. I don't guess he had to do it, but he, he took the money, uh, and I think he wants to get back and play in certain events. I don't think these PGA Tour guys want these guys to be able to come back and forth. What is the, there is a rub there now, isn't there, uh, Doug? Yeah, there is. Uh, you know, John Rahm, his house, he lives in that, a very, you know, exclusive neighborhood, literally like three miles yeah. from where they played the WM Phoenix Open. So, I mean, obviously, and he went to Arizona State, he and his wife. Yeah. So that's a big deal for him, but he didn't, obviously didn't get to play. And the live people were in Vegas. Uh, you know, they wrapped up on Saturday and didn't play yesterday. So yeah, no, I think he misses it. And he's going to also miss. You know, the Spanish Open, which is played, obviously, uh, in Spain, where he's from, he can't play in that this year either because there's a live event opposite that. So he's missing some pretty important events personally. But then again, gosh, Barry, I mean, he, he took the money. And so, uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's the decision he made. But I will say this to answer your question. Uh, it came up this week a lot because the talk is – Maybe in the next year or so, these live guys will be welcomed back on the PGA Tour. And Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, to name two, and some other guys, Ricky Fowler, they're like, well, wait a minute. That's not going to happen just like a snap of your fingers. They're not just going to be allowed back without any sort of penalty or or punishment, or maybe that's not the right term. But I I agree with them. I mean, they left, and they can't just come back. You know, you you can't play on both tours. I mean, I think a decision has to be made. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the Jenna's, the Jenna's Invitational. Tiger's going to be there. Is Nick Dunlap, uh, is he playing in, yeah. in this tournament? Talk a little bit about this uh, this tournament coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, Nick, I tried to get Nick on my podcast last week, but it's interesting now that you, uh, you know, kind of turn professional and turn your career over to an agent. I had to deal with his agent. And his agent, uh, it wasn't allowed interviews last week, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but... Um, you know, that's kind of the way it goes when you when you embark on a professional career. But he is playing this week. Uh, you know, it's at Riviera Country Club, this famed golf course in Los Angeles. Uh, Tiger is back. Um, you know, Tiger debuted here. You know, he grew up outside the Los Angeles area, and he played in this event in 1992 as a 16-year-old. Got a sponsor's exemption. First time he'd ever played on the PGA Tour. First time anybody ever heard of Tiger. Missed the cut. Uh, and amazingly... Uh, he has 82 wins and he's never won at Riviera, which is incredible. And he's played there quite a bit, but it'll be good to have him back. 
Uh, it is a signature event, guys. So the winner gets three point six million dollars and seven hundred FedEx Cup points. For example, last week uh, Nick Taylor wins one point six million and five hundred FedEx Cup points. So the signature event is elevated money wise, points wise. Uh, but there will be a cut. There's sixty seven players, and after Friday, the top are or you know low fifty and ties will play into the weekend. And so we'll see what happens. Tiger made the cut last year. Um, right on the number, and then shot a 67 on Saturday. And I, he was a couple over par on Sunday, but he played all four days. So that's that's the question. It's not so much can Tiger win. He's not going to win this tournament. Can he make the cut? And can he walk four days in a row? That, that's the uh, that's the key. If he can, then I think we're looking good for the Masters and maybe the Players' Championship and maybe maybe even the U.S. Open. Yep, yep. Do we have an LIV um Situation playing back on the PGA Tour settled or, uh, or not? I tried to no, no, up. Coach. It, that's the debate. You know what's what's going to happen, and um, you know it's interesting. Uh, a lot of these guys, like Joaquin Neiman, who won two weeks ago, talented guy uh, from Argentina. You know he has no stat. He cannot play in any of the major championships. I mean, he's you know unless he qualifies, goes out, goes through U.S. Open qualifying or whatever. Um, now some of the guys still have it, you know, John Rahm wins the masters. So he's in the masters the rest of his life. And he has a five-year exemption now into all the other majors, but a lot of these live guys now no longer get to play majors. And now they're coming out saying, Hey, we were promised that we were going to get world ranking points for these live events. And it hasn't happened yet. So uh, again, you take the money and then you kind of, you kind of crying in your soup uh, after the fact that, uh, wait a minute, I don't get to play in these big events that I, but that's the way it happens. But to answer your question, coach, nothing's been resolved as far as joining ranks. Uh, but we will see, obviously, at the Masters, we're going to see John Rahm, the defending champion. We'll see Dustin Johnson. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau still has exemption left on his U.S. Open victory. Uh, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia. Some of these guys that are full-time live now will all, all qualify for the Masters because They've either won the Masters or they've won other major championships in the last five years. Uh, what was your best prop bet in the Super Bowl? Did it hit, Doug? <laughs> well, it hadn't hit yet because I need uh, I need that NASCAR driver. Who was the guy? I, I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, it'll, <laughs> he's got to win the Daytona 500. Oh, you did a parlay? Uh, it's a parlay? Yeah, did? I did a parlay. Oh. Yeah. And so, if, as long as uh, what is oh Brad Keselowski, as long as Brad Keselowski wins the Daytona 500, <laughs> and it's a good payoff, guys. It was like a ten dollar bet to pay like you know three thousand eight hundred seventy six dollars. Oh, so, wow. um, what, yeah. What, what did you so, hit in the Super Bowl? What prop did you hit to keep it alive? Well, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't hit any other than the fact um, I thought the kicker for the um, the Chiefs. Uh, well, actually, it was either kicker. But do you think a kicker is going to kick? set the record for the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. And I thought they would, you know, kicking indoors now. And these guys, these, these field goals guys, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. from 57 yards, it hits the net in the back. It could go 67 yards. Um, and, I, uh, of course, you know, the thing is they're both kickers were really good, and yet the uh, block extra point turned out to be pretty crucial when, when all was said and done. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was that was absolutely huge. But, um, yeah, no, it was fun. Um, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, it's just the Super Bowl has almost become what has become. You know, the game is almost secondary to everything else that happens around us. Um, 
I mean, whether it's halftime or, or Rebus singing the national anthem or the commercials, oh, yeah, that's right, we do have a football game. And, and th- you know, it went, goes into overtime, so it's a great finish. Uh, uh, Reba lip-synced it. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I heard you say that, Coach. Um, you know, remember Whitney Houston in 92 when she sent, sang that yeah. rousing rendition, you know, the beginning yeah. of the Gulf War? Mm-hmm. And it turned out that, you know, she had recorded that because they yeah. didn't want anything messed up. Yeah. And I I think they all do it now, right? Don't they yeah, record they it do. in lip-sync? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because... I, you know, when I was watching that, I thought she was just a little off a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, th- I think you're right. I think they lip sync. Thank you very much. Does Barry doesn't agree with me with anything much, but uh, he got Barry, you don't, help you don't, me. You I think don't she, think she lip synced. That was live? Oh, yeah. Really? She lip synced it. She lip synced it. But Justin, just take your, take my word for it, Doug. She did. Uh, I told Justin <laughs> to Google it just to see. Don't matter. Whether, I don't care what Google <laughs> says. She lip synced it. Um, I tried. It wasn't really public information. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. Um, I thought she did good, though. I, you know, listen, yeah, I she was good. That. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I like to just that straightforward. Let's sing it the way it's. Well, it'd be it'd be hard to sing that way in front of that many people. You, you couldn't get your breath. Do you like Usher? Yeah, you know. Listen, I'm 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 not a huge Usher fan, but I will say where I was watching it and the people that uh, were sitting around me, they were. I mean, they were literally dancing. I, I mean, they the were people up like going going. at the best halftime show ever. Like I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I, well, too. Right. Yeah, I may be in your boat there, Barry. The what about the guy? That, what about the guy that sang America? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, Malone. Oh, um, yeah, I have a hard time with him. Yeah, I'm not. How'd they get him? I, I, well, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's very popular among the millennials. You know, um, <laughs> he's very popular. Really? Yeah, I think so. Young people, yeah. They yeah, like yeah. him. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think he's an ultra popular coach. Really? What was that? Uh, <laughs> what was that Jenner girl's name that was in town last week? Kendall Jenner. Do you know how many followers she has on Instagram? Duh, Kendall Jenner. Oh my goodness, two hundred yeah, you know, million. Yeah, that's crazy. And it. And I guess she's is she pumping her her new tequila she's brand going out around the college. Yeah, so she was yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I just, uh, it was amazing on social media that, that cropped up. And, you know, I, you know, I'm some, somewhat embarrassed when I have to ask the question like, now, who is she again? Yeah. And what, what, you know, and I feel bad about that. But then again, I just tell people, listen, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. You know, my concentration is, you know, golf and other sports. I, that other stuff, it, I'm, I get educated on it and I feel good. Yeah. So I know a lot about her now yeah. that I didn't know before. Yeah. Can you get you know, me, maybe can I'll you get me, week. can you get me an Augusta? <laughs> working on it, Coach. Working on it. Oh, okay, that, that don't sound good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a no. If you oh, by the way, that, I, I wanted to mention what you guys, um, the lowest round in PGA Tour sanctioned history, Yeah, uh, Cristobal Del Solar, the guy from Chile, in a Corn Ferry event this week, 57 guys, 13 mm, under par. Now he And he didn't end up winning the tournament. Uh, he finished fifth. <laughs> Because it, it's hard to follow up those kind of rounds, but think about that now. You know, he had a 57. Uh, we've already had two 60s so far this week or this year on the PGA Tour. Uh, and aside from his 57, there's been two 59s on the Corn Ferry Tour. 
So, you know, the scores right now, I mean, think about that now. In in five weeks of professional golf, we've had a 57, 259s, 260s, and there's all that talk in three years they're going to roll back the golf ball, and the people who yeah. think they ought to roll back the golf ball are saying, well, look at the scores. These are ridiculous that, you know, we're now – these courses that we used to not shoot these low scores, now we're bordering on 59 almost every week. So I, I yeah, thought that was interesting. Hey, Barry, tell 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 me and tell Doug, who was the guy that took Bobby Knight and I over to play golf at Augusta from Little Rock? Joe Ford. Joe Ford. Is he still working at Augusta? I, you know, Coach, you know, you've asked me that before. I need to double check. You know, I know he was probably. He, he, you know, I, I can see ball. now. You're not. I can see now with your answer. You, yeah, you yeah. can't get You better in. go, to Joe Ford. Yeah, because no, you ain't. You ain't gonna. You you you, you just try no, to work on it. You made a polite, you know, you made a polite yeah. remark. So. Can you get me in the Genesis? No, no. Can you get me in the Genesis Invitational this weekend? <laughs> yes, I can. You can. No, that is a definite. If you if you guys come out to L.A., are you going to be out there? Are you going to be out there? Yeah, I'm, le- I'm leaving tomorrow and uh, flying out and and excited too because listen, we don't see Tiger very often. Yeah, where do you fly into? If at all. I'm going to check into that. Where do you fly into? L- LAX. All right. Fly to LAX and then. Um, and the golf course, you know, Riviera from LAX, depending on where you're staying, it's it's a half hour. Uh, and it, that golf course, guys, Riviera, is most of the players will tell you a lot. Now, Nick Dunlap's played it for the first time, so he's going to love it. Uh, but the guys who've been out there many, many times will tell you it is it is the best course they play on the PGA Tour. They feel it's the best. If anybody wants to design. send me out there, they should send me out there. What is those uh, – yeah cars that you can get now that there's no driver it just takes you wherever but there's no driver what's that called yeah i saw that it's called, it's called an ambulance <laughs> no it's like literally it's there's no driver it's, it's called an ambulance that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah well, they take it right to the they can't get right to the hospital and don't even don't have to stop google that uh justin find out what the name of that is a lot of them are teslas elon musk no, but it's not Tesla. <laughs> there's some kind of service no, in California you can get where you don't even, the drive. There's not even a driver, duh. Right, um, and I guess for people who've been out, you know, having dinner and a few drinks or whatever, they just get this kind of car that takes them right back to their wherever they're staying. <laughs> oh yeah, it takes them right to their bed. No it's driver. <laughs> no it's driver. No. You punch no. it in the computer and it takes you no. back. No yeah. driver. Mm-mm. How does it know when to stop, duh? How, how do it know? I don't know. I have no idea. How does a Yeti cup know to, if it's hot or cold? Hot or cold, that's exactly right. How, how, how do it know? How does it know, Doug? Doug says you're going to try to get me in Augusta. Try. Yeah, he'll get I'm you. working on it, Coach. I'm he, working he'll on it. He'll get you by Augusta. I'm working on it is a good answer when you don't want to make anybody upset at you. I probably could pull some strings and get you in a practice round. He thinks that I'm dumb as a rock. So I used to think? go over no, there all no. the time. When I was coaching at South Carolina, I had connections. I don't have them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I used right, to go If I had been, been Steve Spur and asked him that, he'd say, how many tickets you want? You think is, is Coach Spurrier Spur a member at Augusta? No. Okay. I didn't know if he was or not. I, I know Peyton Coach Manning is. is, isn't he? Peyton Manning. Oh, Peyton Manning's a member of everything. What if Nick Saban called yeah. him and asked him for a ticket? You think he could give him oh, a ticket? He'd give him a whole box. Yeah. Now, do you think, you think will Coach Saban be at the Masters this year? I don't He's know. He's got a lot of time on his hands. 
If you get a ticket, you can get him a whole box. If Coach, if Coach Saban knew his daughter was all who you are. putting all that stuff out, he would be furious, Doug. Mm, Coach Saban, by the way, uh, you know, he played in the Pro-Am at the WM Phoenix Open. How did he play? And all the, all the celebrities on Wednesday at 16, the famous par three, you know, they all hit it up there and, you know, somebody got a hole in one. It was a zillion dollars for the charity or whatever. But it was a, it was a cool scene, but the crowd is so rowdy. Uh, Coach Saban missed the green with his tee shot and even, even the goat got booed. They booed, at the they boo everybody. They, they boo even the pros who missed the green get booed. But yeah, Coach Saban got booed. Mr. Green wide right. He probably yeah. laughed, laughed. So, I do the, uh, I do the, uh, Jimmy Rain big, Big Jimmy Rain banquet just I don't do nothing. Just Barry makes fun of me, but I MC it. <laughs> uh, I know who the guest. What is it? I know who the speaker is this year, but I ain't telling. Coach Saban. I, oh. mm. I think that I think you you let the cat out of the bag, Coach. Ooh, I didn't let no cat out of no bag. That'd be a tough ticket. All right, uh, Doug, tell everybody about MD Wellness and Aesthetics and that you're not getting it. When you get through, tell Dad you're not getting him in Augusta. So oh, I already knew it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working he on thinks, it. MD Wellness and Aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 205-582-9216. And you can go to mdwellnessandaesthetics.com. Uh, Susan Brignett is the owner, and she will answer the phone today if you call her. Uh, free consultation. Dr. Don Mancuso is the MD. And Mondays and Fridays are the bu- busy days uh, when a lot of people come in and, and get the laser treatments, the Botox, and all sorts of stuff. So uh, check it out. And, again, um, everything is on the website, mdwellnessandaesthetics.com. And whether it's the, the skin care, the hair care, weight loss, et cetera, uh, Susan and her, her crew do it. Do it. There, and they do- there, there's one lady he will get in, Augusta. <laughs> See, there you go, Coach. There you go. That's During why you're box. not. That's why you're not getting in Augusta. That's right. I, she I'm, got. She I'm, got my I'm, ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Did you well, not get him a I'm job? Just, just, just by look, I got her phone number. I may call her up. Tell her play sick. He could sell some of those egg salad sandwiches or something. I've got her. I got her phone number, and I can call her and tell her play sick. <laughs> You and you know what? I know you will. I know yeah, you will. Yeah. Tell, tell her not to answer. Uh, all right, Doug, I'm going to let you know yeah. about the Genesis Invitational. Uh, does anybody want to find me out there? Let's go. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, just give me a call. Shoot me a text. Thank Talk you. to you guys next week. See you, bud. Bye-bye. All right, there's Doug Bell. Let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Got a problem. Uh, a problem that you didn't it didn't have any idea that was going to occur on the highways, uh, back at your back at your neighborhood with a neighbor, whatever it might be that causes you unwanted problems with an accident that uh, really not an accident. Uh, Prince Glover and Hayes, the people I talk to, three four five one two three four. Call them, and they'll visit with you on the telephone. They all have had a lot of things, just like the thing that you're fixing to tell them. And go by 701 Rice Mine Road and sit down with them and visit. They will go out and represent you in the right way. Uh, you will be well represented, and they will know what they're doing, and you're a- absolutely lost until you talk to them. 345-1234, Prince Glover and Hayes. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, you don't pay. Phone lines are open, 205-342-9904. You're listed tied 100.9, 1238. 
deal to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. This report is sponsored by Unbound.org. Follow Tide 100.9 on Facebook today to watch our live shows. Read the great articles and interact with Bama fans today. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Get right to the Yellowwood Hotline. We'll bring uh, Jay into the show. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? We're good, We're buddy. Okay. Doing great. Uh, Coach, with this midweek break coming up for Alabama, how, how does this help with these next three games coming up with, you know, with A&M and Florida at home, and then we got to go to Kentucky next weekend? Next weekend. Well, I can, you know, our games at home, Alabama plays so well at home. They've got, uh, you know, good crowds coming to the games. The Florida games, you know, they'll be tough games. A&M has come into Alabama in previous years and won. One of the few teams that have done that, but they have done it. That doesn't mean they're going to do it this year. Uh, so I, I would say in Florida, I mean, uh, A&M and Florida would be, would be wins. And I, I think Kentucky, you know, I, Kentucky is not the Kentucky of the past. They're going. They, although I have, you know, said that I didn't think they shot the three real well. They, they're shooting it about as good as anybody in the league. They're not shooting as many as Alabama. So I think Alabama's got a good chance to to play well in all three games. I don't. I'm not going to predict any wins or losses, but, but I think uh, I think they've got. A, you know, this is good. They've got their stretches where they play. play Florida, they got Florida twice. Then they go to Kentucky. They got Tennessee at home, which is certainly a, a good chance to win there. And then I think, I think the big keys are, are at Florida and at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, I think both those teams are teams you don't think about quite as much, uh, and and I think they're hard to beat. And how do you think? How do you think Auburn will do Wednesday night with South Carolina coming in? Because they're like a, a rolling train right now. The, the game. Uh, uh, Auburn at South Carolina. Well, Auburn. the game's at Auburn. So. Uh, that, game, that game's over before it starts. <laughs> I've never seen a team so different uh, at home than what they are on the road. Yeah, and that's that's great for Alabama. They'll be sitting there not playing, and the team that they're tied with will take a loss. Uh, now, if Alabama fans can, I guess it matters who they pull for, but Auburn will beat South Carolina. Uh, yeah, sure they will. Alabama beat them pretty badly. And- South Carolina uh, has really done the, the two course surprises is to be able to, to beat Tennessee and Knoxville and and to beat Kentucky at home are two absolute shockers. But they've also beaten the teams that you know you think maybe they might lose to. I still yeah. think they're going to lose some that I, I keep thinking that, but they don't. But uh, maybe they're better. Maybe they're better than I think they are. Yeah. yeah that's and Barry, if uh, if Coach Sewell has one of his guys like Nick Dunlap or maybe uh, our guy from up here in North Alabama, Lee Hodges, in the final round of the Masters, Coach can hop around with Coach Sewell to go. Yeah, or well, Coach Sewell has got tickets. He's, he's working the wrong guy. He's working Doug. He needs to be working Jay. Uh, so thank you, Jay. Uh, y'all have a blessed day. We'll uh, talk to y'all. Uh, I appreciate you calling there. All right, back to the Yellowwood Hotline and get David in. Good morning, David. Hey guys, uh, hey coaches, how y'all doing today? Hope Good. you're doing well. Um, got a question. I'm kind of a stats guy, and uh, I was kind of looking through the SEC season in basketball. The first eight games, Bama 
and their opponents were one free throw apart. Now, that, to me, is pretty much an anomaly. And, and free throws attempted. And, of course, I know, you know, one of, you know somebody misses the one-on-one, but that's one off the board or stuff like that. But since that time, since those first eight games, since then, they're minus 46. Is, is there anything they've done differently? I mean, well, and State was 32 to 10, so that's some of it. But, you know, Auburn was like 15 differential. And even LSU was, I think, a nine free throw differential. Um, are they doing something different since those first eight games? Or when you say the first eight games, you're talking about first eight games of the year? No, first eight games of the conference. Conference, okay. Uh, Dad, uh, well, no. I, I didn't get, I'm sorry, my, I, I didn't hear what he said. I'm he said sorry. the first eight games of the conference, the free throws taken were about even, but since then, uh, Alabama's opponents are taking a lot more, uh, than Alabama is. What is the reason for that? Well, I thought, I thought, uh, I don't know. I, I, I felt like that, uh, I thought the Auburn game was pretty much justified. I thought they, I, I thought they fouled a lot on the offensive, defensive glass. Alabama did, and reached a lot, and, and didn't didn't play very good defensively. But the other games, I don't know. I studied that game a little bit, so you may be. I don't. I don't know. I, I, it's according to who the officials are. <laughs> to be honest with you, you've got officials that are working every night now. You're, you're good ones. So they're, they're, and for, for officiating, it's money making for them. They're, they're, they're doing it to make money. And sometimes I think maybe they might be a little bit tired. I'm going to get the, the new guy officiating on our show before long, but I didn't want to do it right in the middle of this mess. So, uh, I, I have no idea to answer your question. All right. Well, all right, well I got another question for you then. Follow it up. I, I really, at this point in time, and I used to know what foul, you know, I could sit the stands and know what foul was. I'd coach the high school ball and, you know, know what was foul and what was not. I'll be honest, at this point in time, I can't tell you what a foul is or not. Is there any kind of clinics people can, you know, a lay person can go to to kind of, uh, or like a, a rules clinic to see what is a foul and what's not and have it shown and all that? Yeah, some guys, uh, I even see at the high school level, they, they call, some guys call hand checking. Some yeah. guys don't. Uh, some guys will let you put their hands on, they'll warn you. Some guys immediately, when you put them on there, they call it immediately. Well, uh, and so guarding a dribbler is the hardest thing to do for Alabama. Right. That's hard, but also, you know, people try to attack you inside because of their, uh, lack of bulk down, not size. They got tall guys, but the, that, that's probably why Alabama fouls more. The, the positioning of the official is important. That's the reason I said to you that they, they work so many games that they're tired, some of them or maybe, because they have to be in position to be darn sure. Sometimes they're, they're guest fouls. Uh, and I don't know that I'm not, you know, indicating any one team gets too many guesses, but you've got to be in position to call the to call the foul, and if, you, if you're not in position, uh, you know it's 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 not good. So yeah. I, I don't know. All right, we appreciate the call there, David. I right, we'll take this break. Get back, wrap up the show. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center as we wind things down now for this Monday morning drive. We're moving nicely into and out of the T-Town region today. I-2059 traveling from Fosters to Cottondale along Lurling Wallace down across the Hugh Thomas Bridge. 
So don't wait. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine at Brisbo because every breath matters. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Rain, possibly a few strong thunderstorms this morning, then a chance of partial clearing this afternoon. The high today, 67. Tonight, the chance of a shower this evening, otherwise fair and colder, the low 39. And tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Barry? Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe David might want to look and see uh, the difference in, in free throw shooting uh, when, when teams play on the road versus playing at home rather than just seeing the whole thing. I don't remember what games he was referring to. I couldn't hear very good, but uh, I've done that before for a week of seven games, but for a seven game one time, and it's you know, somewhat different. Not as bad as it has been in past years, but if he wants to study free throws, he might want to see. Yeah, what, one, the one game I went to, though, uh, like Mississippi State was in the one-and-one one before the first media timeout, uh, and yeah. that was the game here in Texas. But quite honestly, Alabama was fouling. I yeah. mean, they, they I thought they fouling. did. It. I thought, yeah, I thought they did because when you're not playing well defensively, I think you foul like fouls a defensive mistake. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, so that that you know, and and Mississippi, they were so up so big on them. Mississippi State also missed a ton of free throws, uh, so it never it didn't really hurt them. Uh, but they were they were fouling. It makes for a long game, and then Auburn, you know. Uh, Auburn plays so much faster and quicker at home than they do on the road. That crowd, uh, I've never seen a team. They looked horrible against Florida. They didn't yeah. look like the same team. You know, they, they didn't were, play. Yeah. Uh, and they got, they were out of that thing early. And I think Florida is better. Uh, yeah. they're better. They are better. Georgia. You're right. Georgia's, Georgia's Georgia. Uh, they ain't That's right. Georgia. That's exactly right. Georgia's Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia. And that ain't good, uh, except for Georgia football. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. We appreciate everybody uh, calling in. We had a lot of new callers today, which was nice. We also had some Super Bowl talk. I don't like the prevent defense. And Kristen Saban needs to stay off social media uh, criticizing David Pollack. Uh, coach would not like that. That's my conclusion for the day, Justin. All right, that's it for today's show. You listen to Tide 100.9, AM, WTBC. It's the home of Alabama Sports.